Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I've got Coach Tom McPherson with me. Uh, Coach McPherson got his coaching start in 1996 and 1997 as a graduate assistant at St. John's University. After receiving his master's degree in education, he moved to Jacksonville, Florida in 1998 and became an assistant football coach and history teacher at Ridgeview High. He ended up becoming the head coach at Ridgeview High School in the following four and uh, spent 14 years there as a head coach where he won two district titles and made the playoffs eight years. His next stop was Baker County High School in 2014 and 15, where he spent two seasons as the head coach and then moved to Orange Park High School in 2016, where he's been ever since. He's spoken to national clinics like the Glacier Tampa and Glacier Atlanta and has articles published in USA's Football uh, 2017 High School Coaching Notes. In 2013, he created the YouTube channel Coach Max Play Fast Football, which we'll talk about at the end of this podcast. And the channel currently has over 17,000 subscribers, and his videos have gotten over 2 million hits. Uh, thanks to Coach Max's success, he is hosting a Play Fast Football Clinic uh, in uh, St. Augustine, Florida, hopefully in the upcoming year. Um, and you can catch him hosting Twitter chats on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern under the hashtag Florida High School Football Chat. Coach McPherson, what's up? How are you? I'm great, Tony. Thanks for having me tonight. For sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, most people probably know you as Coach Mac. I didn't even realize you had a first name, so I had to do my own little <laughs> research there. But uh, it's good to know that uh, you do have, uh, in fact, a first name. So um, yeah, it's usually uh, it's usually Coach Mac, the YouTube guy, or yeah. the play fast, <laughs> right. or the play fast guy, one or the other. Right. I'm the same way. People call me the hog football chat guy. So that's, I don't have a first name. That's, either, so. that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. So, you know, my first question, you've been a head coach for a long time. Talk to me a little bit about um, how the offensive line played a part in the success of your really good teams. Uh, I, you know, I, obviously I, I played, uh, played receiver in college, was a skilled player pretty much my whole life. Um, but as soon as I became a head football coach, I realized that games are won up front on offensive and defensive line. And, if you want to be good on offense, you got to be able to get after it up front. And um, best year we ever had, uh, 2012 at Ridgeview, we were nine and one, uh, averaged 43 points a game and about um, 440 yards of offense, and ran for 300 yards a game. And we just had uh, we had a, a big guard that went to Kentucky, and mm -hmm. we averaged about 285 up front running gap schemes. So wow. um, you know, when when you're good up front, there's nothing. There's nothing, you know, more satisfactory than going in and being able to impose your will on another team and knowing that at any time you want to, you can 
get a couple yards running the football. And when somebody's better than you and you're on the end of, uh, on the other end of that, it's just, you know, it's just discouraging. So being good up front and being physical up front is where it all starts. Yeah. Somebody, somebody in a, a, another one of these podcasts used the word control, you know, being able to control the defense and control the, the, the line of scrimmage and control the tempo and game clock. That's, that's kind of, you know, that's what we all strive to have, uh, especially with a, a running game, a running attack. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that, but at the same time, I, I, I think I'd rather choose the word dominate. Um, yeah. You know, I think I can, as a head coach, I've had several different football teams and, and different talent levels at different positions. And I feel like when the O-line isn't as good, I can still control some things in some other ways but when the O-line's good, we dominate. And that that's what, you know, I, I get the idea of controlling clock and controlling right. tempo. But, you know, to me, when I talk O-line, I want to talk dominate. When we can dominate up front, that's when you feel like a head coach, you can run whatever system you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's another, you know, it's another great word. I've got a, I've got a notebook going of kind of all the little tidbits that people have been telling me. So that's another good one, dominate. Um, yeah. You know, my first question I've got for, and this is sort of something I'm, I've always curious about my, you know, I spent a couple of years as a head coach. Uh, talk to me a little bit sort of about how you built your staff. And, and you know, you were at uh, Ridgeview for 14 years as a head coach. Um, you know, talk a little bit about maintaining that staff and keeping, you know, trying to keep those guys together. You know, what what struggles, if any, that you had and just, uh, you know, any struggles you might have had in just overall building the staff. Yeah, I've been um, I've been a head coach for about 20 years now, somewhere around there. And, and uh Building and maintaining a staff is probably the hardest part of my job in today's day and age. Uh, trying to get guys to teach, trying to get them jobs on campus, even when you're willing to get them jobs. A lot of guys nowadays, they either want to teach PE or credit recovery. Nobody wants to. The days of finding hardworking English teachers and math <laughs> teachers and social studies teachers are kind of, um, they've kind of gone by the wayside yeah. a little bit. So when you find good guys, um, it's tough to keep them. And then when you find good guys and you have a bunch of good guys as assistants, eventually they want to be coordinators or head coaches. So I feel like when you have a really, really good staff, it's complimentary as a coach or complimenting as a coach for them to get other jobs, but yet it makes your job even harder. Right. Um, so when, obviously you can only have, you know, one coordinator on each side of the ball. And if you have a bunch of coaches that you really like and they have aspirations to be coordinators at some point, you're going to lose them. So you know, the combination of finding good people, uh, finding people that fit within what you want to do philosophically, finding people that relate to kids the way you want to relate to kids, and then keeping them mm -hmm. is a constant battle. And, and um, I haven't had a very good time. That's a great opening question because I haven't had a really good time doing it. And right now we're currently looking for two more assistants and we got social studies jobs open, but we're having a hard time filling them. And, you know, my principal gets kind of frustrated that we can't fill them, but Every every person that I talk to, I put it out there on Twitter, and every response I have, you know, somebody says, "I'm physical education, I'm right. health, I'm physical education." And I'm like, "Well, we don't have that, you know. We have social studies, so right. you know, building a staff and keeping it is probably the hardest part of your job." Yeah, I mean, that's that's been that was tough for me, especially even myself at Fort Madison. You know, I was only there for two years, but after our first season where we had a little bit of success, we lost two coaches Two, two, you know, we lost our offensive line coach and we lost our quarterback coach, which are two big coaches to lose. And yeah, um, it's tough to, it's tough to find replacements. You know, for us, our problem was we had no jobs in the building. So, I mean, right. it was, it was not, you know, trying to find a PE guy. It was, we had nothing. We couldn't find any, any spots to hire. So, um, but yeah, you mean that's, that's kind of, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, all of the, you know, 
we're at the generation right now and I'm, I'm guilty of it myself because I am a PE teacher um, by trade, but you know, there, there are, what was that? I am right now too. I started right. though. I started in social studies. That's how I got my job. Right. And that's, there, there aren't enough people doing that anymore, you know, going no. to social studies or history or science. And so nope. um, it, it is, it is tougher, especially in that, in that market to, to find good coaches, because like you said, you hit the nail on the head again the good coaches that do their job that are really good are going to leave because they're yeah. going to get poached. You know, they're going well, and to get... as, a, as a head coach, you want that. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. You know, because you're, you know, part of your job as a head coach is to race. Um, it's like being a dad in a way, you know, you're trying to raise people to go out and be on their own. And so you feel complimented when it happens, but it hurts you. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, and it, it hurts you even more when you, when you're kind of, struggling to find those jobs so yeah i definitely get yeah. that um yep. but yeah it's all that's always a question i kind of am curious about especially with with guys that have been around for a long time like like you know you've been a head coach like you said for over 20 years so um it can be uh it can be a struggle for sure um you know my second question i want to i want to talk to you about a, a bit about the youtube channel and, and your twitter chat um twitter chats obviously are, are something that are you know near and dear to my heart um so you know kind of what what made you want to do that and what made you you know how have you sustained that and then with the youtube channel again how what why what again why did you start that and you know what what have you guys what have you done that you can think of that has made it so successful because like you said you've got you know two thousand followers or seventeen thousand followers and two thousand views and um i mean you're always posting awesome content and awesome videos you know how two, how have you two million that? tony come on two what million. i say two million two sorry it's almost dinner time. My, my brain is not working. Um, it's, but, it's O-line time. Yeah, right. But, um, but yeah, no, just talk to me a little bit about that and how you sustain that and kind of what, what, yeah. what made you get into it. Yeah, so, um, you know, the Twitter deal uh, is probably the worst thing I do social media-wise as far as the chat is concerned. Um, you know, I'm not as good at it as, as uh, you guys with Hog Chat are unbelievable, and so many other guys are really good at archiving things and doing things. And, I, I didn't create the Twitter chat. It was created by somebody else. And then um, they couldn't run it. And they already had the Twitter handle. So they contacted me and said, would you like to take this over? Mm -hmm. And it was uh, a couple of years ago. So early into my YouTube uh, tenure and some other things. And I said, sure, I'll do it. And, um, and, you know, the YouTube side of things got so big for me for what I do and how I do it that, um, the Twitter chats, as much as I, I enjoy doing them, I just don't do them as well as some other people do. They need to be archived and, right. you know, you need to do some other things that I'm just, you know, I'm not either not, not really good at doing, but I just haven't put enough time into that. So right. um, the Twitter chats are awesome. Uh, obviously the hog football chat you guys do is, is absolutely phenomenal. And some of the other chats at Texas high school football chat is one of the first ones I saw. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know me, you and a couple of those guys did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and that was awesome. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's, it's good because Twitter has become such a, um, a valuable source for information for coaches uh, before uh, COVID-19. It was yeah. a hotbed for information. I mean, you guys have been doing it for a couple of years and doing a great job and I've been doing it for a couple of years and doing an average job. And nah, um, great. you've been doing you know, a good but, job coach, <laughs> but the, uh, but now after the lockdowns and people were just starving for information, you know, it, it was just such a good way to, to network and find people. And, um, you know, it's got its downfalls like everything else. There's people that want to argue with you and, um, you know, you try and run, uh, you know, a, a chat to be productive. And then you ask questions and people want to argue with you about the questions or the responses. And it's like, guys, that's really, 
not what this is about. This is an open platform for you to speak on what you believe in. There is no right answer to a question. You know, when you put Q1 and I put A1, that's my response to your question. There's no right or wrong answer. Right. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just a tremendous source for information and, and uh, it's, it's blown up so big, uh, in my opinion, the Twitter world has, and guys are sharing so much information. Um, the YouTube deal was kind of interesting. When I first started doing it in 2013, um, it was in an off season after our best season in 2012, we went nine and one, but then we lost in the first round of the playoffs to a perennial, um, traditional blue blood down here St. Augustine High School and my best friend in the business Joey Walls was the head coach and lost a heartbreaker 36-28 in the first round and um, I wasn't ready to hang it up uh, you know I, I we had a great year and I wanted to kind of capitalize on that so mm -hmm. you know in the offseason I was always like everybody else and a lot of football junkies out there I was always looking for information I'm a YouTube guy I love watching video um, I'm not a big I'm not a big PDF file guy. I, I don't want playbooks. I don't want to read playbooks. It doesn't do me a lot of good. If Tony Schiffman gives me his playbook, if I don't know how Coach Schiffman teaches it, if right. I don't know what Coach Schiffman's verbiage is, if I don't know how he fixes it, that PDF file doesn't do me any good. So I'm a video guy. I like to watch video and, you know, all 22 is great if you can get your hands on it. But YouTube was always just such a free instant access to every game that's ever occurred pretty much. Right. So at that time, what I noticed was anybody out there that was, I was going to blogs and I was going to sites and, um, and, and borrowing information from people. And the one thing I noticed is every site I went to, everybody was talking about how Nick Saban does it and how Urban Meyer does it and how Mike Leach does it. And the one thing that I never saw out there was nobody even really told you how they do it. Right, nobody right. really sat down and said, hey, guys, this is how we run power. It was always in, in an analysis of how Alabama runs power or duo or whatever. And right. so I just thought at the time, I said, you know, I want to kind of do some self-scout. I want to see if I can teach this as good as I think I can. I want to see if our schemes are as solid as I think they are. So I just set up a camera in my office and I went on a whiteboard like I was at a clinic and um, I hadn't seen a lot of that out there. I hadn't seen a lot of guys in front of a camera on a whiteboard teaching, you know, a scheme the way they teach it and not teaching it the way that, you know, the big wigs or the big shots do it. And right. um, I had no idea if anybody was going to watch it, you know, around here locally, a couple of my buddies at coach were originally kind of making fun of it a little bit and laughing at it. And I was having a laugh with it. And that first year guys, we would play in the fall, you know, we would get ready to play friends of mine or guys that I know in the business and, that Sunday, I would get like texts of still shots of you of my YouTube videos, and they're like drawing obscene things on on the on the on the on the screenshot and having a laugh with it, going, "Hey, we're game planning this week." And it started like as as you know, it was kind of something. Originally, I don't think people ever thought it was going to be what it was. Right. And I didn't know what it was going to be either, but I was having fun doing it. And next thing you know, it takes off, and there's you know a thousand followers, three thousand followers, and couple thousand views and you know before you know it there's 18,000 followers and over 2 million views and I host and I just hosted my own clinic this past January in St. Augustine so you know it was something that was fun for me something I did because I didn't see other people doing it right and you know I think the thing that's kept me afloat for so long Tony to be honest with you is I don't talk about a system I don't tell you what you need to run that I believe in a certain system and 
I talk about offense, defense, special teams, practice organization. So, you know, I think I have enough um, knowledge and enough topics to keep it floating all the time without getting redundant. Right. You know, you know, when you're, when you kind of lock into one thing, it's very good because you know, you're going to have your audience and you know, you're going to have your devout following, but it's very hard to, to build on that audience because you don't know how many other people want to listen to that. So I think my niche was kind of not only how I did it, but the fact that I talked offense, defense, special teams and coaching and practice organization and maybe off season workouts, a video or two here or there. The fact that I had so much, uh, so many topics to, right. to go to, it, I think is what kind of kept it alive for so long. What, and, and then, you know, kind of talking on that same token, you know, talking about the topics, do you, do you plan these things out or is it just something you just, you know, on a, a, a Monday at six o'clock, you say, oh, you know what, I, this is pretty interesting. Let me talk, let me set up the camera and talk about this and record real quick. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, Tony, that, you know, um, it'll spawn from an idea of something that we're struggling with maybe, or, or maybe I saw a front on defense that we had trouble blocking or, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe something that we struggled stopping on defense or maybe something in special teams that occurred and, I'll be laying in bed one night and I'll say, you know what, I ought to do a video on this and then I'll do a video. And then, you know, it, it spawns from comments from viewers. Now guys will, Hey coach, have you ever done a video on this? And I say, no, I'll think about it. And if I know enough about it and I'm knowledgeable enough about it, or if I can get enough info on it, I'll do a video on it. And I think that's the hardest part as a content creator is, is figuring out the content to create. Um, you know, football is such a great game and there's so many ways to skin a cat, but at the end of the day, it's it's hard to keep going for seven, eight, nine, ten years and creating new content. So, right. um, you know, it's just uh, things we struggle with, things we do well, uh, variation that I might have picked up from somebody that I tried. Um, you know, just things that I saw on uh, on on a blog or a or a hog chat or you know, I mean, sometimes I'm not going to lie. There's times where I've done a video on things that. I listened in on and, and then did my own video on it. I mean, we're all borrowing information. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, um, you know, it, it's all good. So, but it's hard, you know, to continue now I'm going on, this is eight years now and, and, uh, you know, continuing to come up with content is not easy. So you just, uh, you know, hopefully viewers and other people have ideas and they ask you some things and then you just try to keep coming up with content the best you can. Right. I mean, that's the same thing, you know, for the hog chat, just trying to, Try to stay fresh. You're gonna you're gonna have some things that you talk about at one point or another, but trying to to put a new fresh spin on everything and, and yeah. keep it keep it fun for the viewers and, and the, the listeners. The, the great thing about the Twitter chats, Tony, is is you as as a, as the host and your partner, um, you guys, you know, you'll come across things and you'll think, man, we we I think we've already talked about this kind of or whatever. But the responses aren't always the same, so it's still good. Right. Exactly. You know? yeah. So you may have a topic that you put a little bit different spin on, and maybe you feel like you've broach that topic already but if new people are in it and they respond in a different way it's still a good circulation of information absolutely yeah you're absolutely right and that's you know i know i know we've gone over topics before and probably rehashed some questions how can there, how can you not tony it's exactly impossible. it, it happened right but yeah you're right the, the new fresh spin and, and different takes and and different you know every year there's new there's new listeners and, and like yeah. you said there's there's new people jumping in so it's always it's always fun and always um i mean you oh, know yeah. that it's always a good time yeah yeah that's the hardest part, though, when you go back and think about, all right, well, what did we ask? Have we already asked this? How did we ask it? How can we spin it differently? That's right. the hardest part. Right. Absolutely. So last question I've got for you, Coach, and, and this has been the, the, the struggle bus for everybody. Um, you've been coaching for a long time. You were a player. Um, if you could put together an offensive line, Mount Rushmore, from guys you've coached, uh, guys you've coached against, 
uh, guys you played with or guys you're just you were a fan of? Who would be on that five-man offensive line? Uh, center is going to be Dwight Stevenson. Okay. Um, big Dolphin fan growing oh, up. Yeah. Uh, Dwight Stevenson was a great player. One of my tackles will probably be Anthony Munoz. Uh, the other tackle will probably be Tony Baselli. Um, those are those are easy for me, Mount Rushmore <laughs> wise. Um, you know, but uh, guard is a tough one. I, I I've had a, you know, thinking back on my career, I'll take. Uh, you know what? Just because I coached him, I'll take the kid that played for me, Ramsey Myers. I went to Kentucky, and I'll put him up there just because okay. I coached him. Yep. Um, trying to think of professional guards or college guards. Um, guards a tough position because tackles. Tackles get all the limelight in the league. Right. And uh, Dwight Stevenson just – I was uh, I was a fan because I was a Dolphin fan and, and uh, in the early 80s growing up and, and when Dan Marino was there and before mm-hmm. that with Don Strzok and David Woodley. And so um, Dwight Stevenson was a no-brainer. But guard um, – I got one more left and it's got to be a guard. It doesn't have uh, to be a guard. It can, it can, you can, hey – the, the, the beauty of this is you can do whatever you want. If you wanted five centers, you could have five centers. Oh, you know what? Uh, here's all I'll do, Tony. Leon Lett. Leon Lett? Although, was he a defensive? No. Leon Lett played defense. Come on, coach. He was a D-lineman. For the Cowboys? Yeah. Who's the, who's the big offensive lineman that ran the guy down on the interception? Larry with? Allen. Yeah, okay, Larry Allen. Thank okay. you, sir. I got you. All and, right. I'm that... sorry, and I'm sorry that I offended every offensive lineman in the world by saying Leon Lett. Leon Lett's the one that fumbled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's the one against the Dolphins that he went to try to pick up the blocked field goal yes, and then the yes, Dolphins won. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's all right. That's a good – I like it. I like the offensive line. That's good. The Dwight Stevenson My My six one. would be Leon Lett. I would make him a def- an offensive lineman. There you go. I like the Dwight Stevenson one, though. That's, a, uh, that's an underrated pick. He was, a, he was a great center for a long time. My other one would be the guy um, from the 70s, 80s with the Steelers. Was it Webster? or uh, Mike Webster. Yeah, Iron yeah. Mike. Mike Webster would be my other one at center. He was a dude, yes. Well, all and right, Brad, Coach. And Brad, Brad Meester from the Jags was a good one. Meester was good, too. Yeah, he was another underrated one. He, was, he had some talent, yeah, for sure. All right, Coach, we'll, uh, we'll get you out of here. Do me a favor before we get you, before you leave. Um, drop your Twitter, Twitter handle, uh, the yeah. YouTube channel, any information you want these guys to know. All right, so the Twitter handle is at CoachMac8740. Um, the YouTube is CoachMac. Just search CoachMac, and that'll come up. Um, Obviously, the brand is Play Fast Football, but the mm-hmm. YouTube channel is is uh, is Coach Mac. So if you search Coach Mac on YouTube, uh, that'll come up right away. And um, you know, anybody that wants to follow, I pretty much follow anybody anybody that's a football coach that follows me. I follow back, and um, you know, I, I answer direct messages all the time. So guys don't have to feel afraid of sending a DM or um, if they have a question. Excuse me, I answer every question I can get my hands on, and if I have time to do it, and I have an answer. So. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter. If you follow the channel, send me a message on a video. And if you've got something you want me to do, or you ever want a video that you want to see, if I can do it, uh, send me a message. And if I can do it justice, I'll do it. If I can, I'll just tell you the truth and tell you I'm not good enough. <laughs> I'm not good enough to do it. Awesome. Well, I tell you what, coach, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, hopefully you guys are all staying safe and staying healthy. Um, and I, uh, you know, looking forward to talking to you more down the road. I appreciate it, Tony. Good luck with everything you're doing, bud. All right. Thanks coach. Thank you, sir. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out Platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support, and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome...